Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. You're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Hey guys, uh, Exergy wanted us to remind you don't forget about the low pressure system when you're installing new injectors. Uh, it, really common practice, even for us over here at Duramax Tuner. Um, you know, so many times guys are like, hey, you know, maybe they have 50,000 miles on their truck and need injectors. Maybe it's 100 or 150,000 miles. It's a staple, in my opinion, if you're going to replace the injectors, maybe even the injection pump to do the low pressure, because that's where it all starts. It is. Yeah. I think a lot of guys forget that, like, you can have a leak in the low pressure system and not have fuel dripping under your truck. Or just the ability to offer better fuel filtration. You don't have control over where the fuel is coming from, right? You right. know, you're, you're on E, you go to a local station, you don't know if they're a high traffic fuel station or not. So that lift pump is in an insurance that the few thousand dollars that you invest in a new injectors is being treated accordingly. Absolutely correct. So, something there. Um, they also, this is something that I didn't know. So uh, the newer Duramax, so the LML specifically, and the 6.7 Power Stroke, the Scorpion engine, they run a piezo injector. So when you either send the injectors out or you buy modified injectors, they actually modify the, the bodies, okay, yep. um, when they do the nozzle modification. From yeah. stock. Yeah. Piezo injectors. Piezo, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't have that, that <laughs> tongue, but yeah, good job. <laughs> uh, piezo injectors, they do they work differently than solenoid-based injectors. Yeah. So piezo basically means controlled through elect burst of electricity. Mm -hmm. Um a little bit different than solenoid, which runs off like a signal, right? Yep. So with the piezo injectors, it's not as simple as like like we never recommend swapping tips, but you can, you can swap tips and you will get horsepower. It's not the best way to do no. it. We would never recommend it. It will equal horsepower. It's probably not going to just equal horsepower in an LML. You, you have to modify the body to make it work. It'd be like doing hundred percent over injectors on a stock CP3. Or right? doing like hundred overs on a stock Cal of the ECM. Yeah. You know, you, the bodies. If the injector nozzle is going to flow X fuel, the body needs to be able to correspond in how it operates to deliver the fuel to the nozzle dispersing into the cylinder. Absolutely. So. Absolutely correct. Uh, you know, Chris, we also had a really cool new segment here for the from Facebook with yeah. WC Fab. Uh, we asked one of our newer producers here on the show, Justin Tyson, to go ahead and read off uh, this week's customer send in. So we're going to kick it over to Justin right now, uh, reading from Joshua Peterson, and, and I actually helped him out yeah. on this one with a conversation I had with one of our listeners on Facebook. This comes from Joshua Peterson. Hey, I watch the Diesel Podcast all the time. I own a 1996 F-350 7.3 Crew Cab Gear Jammer. Has 350,000 miles on it. Looking for some upgrades. Starting with air and injectors. Looking at 160 by 30. What turbos would you recommend for a daily driver? Mild toe. Really want compounds. So I wrote back to him. I, so, I sold my Ford over a year ago now. Mine was stock besides intake, exhaust, and tuner. The 7.3 is a really expensive and hard platform to build power with. It certainly can be done, but if you want 300 to 600 horsepower, a Cummins would be a lot better option for a budget build. After you do all the upgrades to make a 7.3, you could have a much faster and more powerful truck going with an early common rail, 03 or 04. Even a 400 to 500 horsepower VP, like the 98.5 to 02 models, for the same or less money. 
If your budget allows, I of course would suggest a Duramax. Even if you have to start with an LB7, do injectors, trans, head gasket, which ballpark seven grand DIY, probably 15 grand shop rate. Uh, I think you would be better off in the long run. But what's really interesting here is Joshua had something to write back. I like the Cummins route, but I'm a Ford Power Stroke guy, so a bit of work is not a problem. I want to learn all I can. Okay, so so there it is, guys. So we have we have a customer who, or I'm sorry, a listener who sent in saying he's got that 9673 F350. Hell yeah. Uh, you know, I have a big shout out to him yeah, talking dude. about gear jammers my and first shit. Diesel. My first diesel was a 96 F250. It was an auto, though. But yeah, we... So- Week. We're gear jammer homies, me and Joshua. I'm surprised you knew how to drive a manual. Uh, yeah, no, I've always been able to drive manual, just not well. <laughs> no, right? fuck no. Right. I, I can make it move. Yeah. I will just be doing a clutch as often as I do oil changes. Story of my life. No big deal. <laughs> um, what I thought was surprising here is, is it? I, I feel like that that conversation had a bit of a twist for me. We yep. get a lot of guys who send in talking about making power seven threes, and it's a very simple conversation, as you heard. Yeah. That's kind of my standard response of like. Hey, that's great. I loved my 7.3. They're great work trucks, but just but, but making power on them yeah. is very impractical. So I coached him into getting into an early common rail Cummins. Yeah. If he only wanted 400 or 500 horsepower, maybe a VP truck. I still think that's – I think a VP truck at 500 horse is probably more expensive than an early common rail at 500 horse. Oh, definitely. I mean, the supporting right. modifications you know, in, in, in the VP world to achieve 500 horse, the money is going to be spent in different areas. Right. Right. You know, granted, you know, the VP world parts are cheaper, but you have to have a trans to support it. If you're doing an automatic manual, it's much different, of course, but there's that big cost factor there. There is. Um, but to achieve 500 horse in a common rail, man, I mean, literally – Let's say you have a manual trans truck, you add a clutch in the mix, that's going to be accounted for on any of the platforms. Right. You do that, you do a tuner, um, uh, uh, you know, you yeah. do an intake exhaust, you know, the supporting mods, couple, things that help it breathe. Basic, basic, mods. basic mods, you're at 500 horse. Right. Which you're going to do those on any diesel right, you get. Exactly. So do you and, even really count that as yeah, the difference, right? And, I mean, you're still talking stock turbo, stock fuel setup. You know, yeah. if you do a VP truck, you're talking a turbo upgrade. Um, injectors are really inexpensive, but you're talking in an injector upgrade. And you still have to do the work too. I mean, it's not yeah, just buy yeah. the parts, right? No. So you either have to pay somebody or no. in Joshua's case, he's going to go yeah. do the install himself. I mean, that's nice to have that option. I mean, granted, the VP trucks are a little easier to work on, but it's really about what you're after. Do you want a new body style, old body style? And there's a value there. You'll make more power cheaper on a common rail, but when the wear items are worn out, you're going to pay more to replace them. So it it just really depends on the budget. And and that's what I thought was surprising about Joshua is for him, it didn't come down to this practical sense that you and I have Mm -hmm. kind of trained ourselves to think like this, where we'll just spend your money where you're going to get the most bang for your buck to get horsepower. Like what we, we just assume everybody is like us. Right. And at the end of their project, they want to look back and say, well, this was very practical. Yeah. I did this in a very logical way. But that's not true for everybody. No. Some guys want to do it the hard no, way. Do. Some guys, they, they want to tackle the challenges. Yep. They want to be one of very few people who have a even a 500 horsepower, yeah. 7.3, you know, something like that. Or a VP truck. You or know, VP guys truck want or whatever. Re- There's a lot of guys out there that want to tackle a project and more or less reinvent the wheel. Not everyone is successful, but at the same time, not everyone fails at that either. That's right. That's, that's what right. makes this industry so much fun. And, and I think that's a that's a big shout out. So Joshua, we definitely will we'll cheer you on. Uh, I, I'm excited to see where you go with your 7.3. I think Ron Olson at Hypermax is going to be a really good oh, yeah. friend of yours. Good resource. Uh, we've had him on the show. He was one of my favorite interviews of all all time somebody who 
really has had a passion for diesel performance and is an expert in 7.3s for decades, yeah. literally. Uh, so so reach out to Ron. He'll be able to help you in that respect. Speaking of tackling challenges, dude, dude. LML twin kit from Duramax tuner officially released. So yeah, we, uh, we just did a, we did some filming. Mm -hmm. Okay. Not long ago with, uh, Jason Worley's shop truck, quote unquote. (laughs) Um, it's a 2016 regular cab. I was corrected. It's a 3,500, not a 2,500. Yeah. Either way, if it's a single rear wheel to me, it's a 2,500. I I don't care. I have a hard time with that one too. Um, but you know the the truck was fitted with the proper corresponding modifications to make that twin turbo kit come alive. Um, so what the guys over at WC Fab and the guys over at Duramax Tuner did was create a an emissions intact twin turbo system um, to work on any you know factory fifteen sixteen LML. Yeah. Um, you could do it on a stock truck, help with EGT control things like that. But to really really take the the potential of the kit to its Next level. Next level, thank yeah. you, is going to be some other supporting mods like a CP4 upgrade over from X or G Performance, yep. you know, lift pump, address the trans a little bit. But that's a turnkey 630 horsepower truck that blows my mind. Simple it, as that. I, I We've both had a chance to drive yeah. it, and we both came back and said the th- same thing. This is my favorite truck to drive on the road. That honestly, it it's a uh, <laughs> it's one of mine for sure. Uh, I definitely like the newer trucks. I like the quietness, especially yeah. when you throw a compound turbo system into the mix and you get a broader power curve. I mean, you would not expect the for how that truck gets into its power band and and how it maintains its its torque curve. Very impressive. We can talk about it all the time over the phone, but until you experience it firsthand, it uh, it's a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, I, I'm thinking back to when we drove Brett Keel's uh, regular cab short bed, 1,200 horsepower, Great two-wheel truck. drive. Yeah, yeah. With clearly both one of our favorites. Yeah, so you yeah. can't see us I right mean, now. We're both grinning. We're, we're both, both smiling, for ear. sure. It, it, that thing was insane yeah. to drive. Um, but the difference between that and Jason's, like, like you said, it's some of the creature comforts. It also, when you're driving that regular cab, uh, Jason's regular cab with that DT LML twin kit, which is a SXE 369 stocker setup yep. uh, for the turbos. Um, under 30% throttle, you would never know no. it was there. No. It, it feels completely stock, well, stock tuned, right? right? It The throttle response is a little bit more refined. Yeah. It's a little bit more improved. But I think what you're trying to say is, is it's, it has the ability to support the power if you want to have fun, but at the same time, it is so refined that the drivability that we stress day in and day out, mm-hmm. it is all there. It No, it's not a 1,200-horse truck, but it's a functional 600-plus wheel horsepower truck that you can use in any application. Absolutely. And they have, I mean, they've been towing trailers with it yeah. for over a year now. Uh, it's been through a lot of R&D, and that's why mm-hmm. it came up when we were talking about tackling challenges. When this thing first, this design first came together at an emissions-equipped twin-turbo kit. Five years ago now. Five years ago. Yeah. Um, Nick Pregnance had that 11 Denali. Initially, and it was an S475 stocker yeah, kit. Yeah. And and we, we saw that kit run its course. We saw the trucks go up to 700, 750 horsepower, which, to be honest, even this uh, 369 stocker kit, this could be pushed farther. We validated yeah, you know, yeah. it's been validated. Uh, the guys over at Diesel Tech Magazine did a build that we were a part of. Yep. Uh, the gentleman's name, Matt Rosenberg, which we had on the podcast a couple years ago, or you and Danny did at that point. Sure. Um, but 730 horse through the same kit, difference right. being injectors, right? Right. Well, well, and, and that, that atmospheric charger, and that's where I think- That was a 369. That was- yes. No, no, no. no. Yes. Rosenberg's- Yes, Rosenberg's was a 369. 
at any rate, I think what we've seen over time is, is the development in this kit Absolutely. where it went through multiple trucks, multiple R&D. It, it was not something that was like, oh, we'll just take a standard piping kit no, and throw it together. You can't. I mean, you pop the hood on an LML, go pop any stock LML hood open. It's very, very difficult to find open space to put not only piping, but a whole other turbocharger. Yeah. Like it, it's impressive to say the least, you know, uh, Hats off, you know, over to Whirly once again, you know, they build a lot of cool stuff, but you have to have a really creative mind to develop the kit the way he did and fit everything the way it did. It looks like something the factory would, Ye- would pump out. Oh, you were to do a black kit like that and put it under the hood of a truck, you would be like, oh, it came from the factory this way. Literally. Like it, it looks more refined than like a 6.4 with their compound setup, you yep. know, forward. So, yeah. you know, hats off to them again. They did a great job with that project. Absolutely. And speaking of doing a great job with an insanely hard project, <laughs> we have a yeah. special guest today on the show. Uh, 2000, well, he's been in all of the UCCs. He's coming back again this year. He's still dealing with a six Dude, liter. Six liter. We are so excited to have on Jesse Warren. Jesse, how the hell are you? I'm doing great. Uh, got busy here getting rid of a UCC. I hear you, man. Thank you so much for carving out a little time for our listeners. Uh, I know we actually got some pretty demanding requests to get you on the show here. I, I just want to point out, I just want to point out, like, some of our listeners, right, they sent in messages. We were talking before this started, and I neglect our messenger. I get it. But you're in high demand, man. High demand. Uh, definitely, you got you got some fans out there, and I think it's because of, one, the results that you've put on at the UCC obviously have been very impressive. You've ranked uh, pretty high last year, uh, but you also just seem to have a great customer service base to your yeah. uh your constituents will I mean, say. Look at every badass six liter that's out there. They have worn diesel injectors too. I just want to point that out. This is true. Yeah. This is true. Yeah, we we, we try. We really we try hard. It gets you know, it can be overwhelming sometimes, but we do the best we can. Well, Jesse, I mean, you're huge in the Ford world, but I think a lot of our listeners are probably Duramax and Cummins guys. Give us a little bit of rundown of your history and diesel performance. Uh, I've always been a Ford guy, kind of. I've, but I own all three. I've got a Duramax and a Cummins, and I, I have all of them. But I've always been. A, I like. I like a big challenge, and the six liter has always been a kind of a challenge. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's the <laughs> nicest thing ever said about a six liter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we, uh, five years ago, when we were, you know, we just I hadn't been in a real long at the time. We started. We started small. You know, we grew. We got. You know, we're a thirteen employee business right now. I believe we got thirteen employees, but. Back five years ago, you know, people, guys would ask me, when are we going to see a 1,000 horsepower out of a 6-liter? I was like, don't hold your breath. It's probably not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> or last more than a 1,000 miles, right? Shit. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that was a low blow. And I it, didn't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. But yeah, it's, uh, every time I think we're about at the end of the road, we, we find something a little more here and there. and keep fighting a little bit more but i think we're getting about to where we i don't know how much more is left than what we're doing but there may be a little bit more left yeah i I mean we've been pretty impressed with uh what six leaders have done i know we had charlie keeter on a couple of times he really blew us away with uh with his truck and the performance of it and i know watching you and a couple of the other guys out there at ucc last year with the fords uh i think there is definitely a a chance for an argument to be made that six leaders are a, a valid performance platform uh, can you walk us through your your experience last year at UCC? Last year we we did we we did really well. I was, I was surprised at where we placed in the end. We had a lot of trouble. It didn't may not look like it, but we didn't. We were not running at uh, our best out there. We had a lot of trouble with maintaining high pressure oil pressure in the uh, 
and in, in the system we had, the IPR did not want to stay shut, kept popping open. Pressure would drop, and we were not able to. We finally got a good pass in toward the end of the drag race night, which was a, uh, a, ten, a ten, uh, 10, 10 03 at 144 mile an hour. And that was, there. it was it was okay, but we had a lot left in that truck the way it was set up last year. And uh, we, after that event, we, we, we uh, figured some issues out. We went to a mechanical IPR system, which netted us a decent amount of horsepower. Then we later went to a bigger set of injectors and were able to make quite a bit more horsepower than what we had out there last year. But it was probably it was probably good in the end, being where we were at last year, because if we would have been able to go to the full potential of the injectors we had there, we probably would have broke the engine out there last year. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely keeping it together for all three events, we, we know from talking to everybody and from seeing this in the past, is absolutely key to winning it. Uh, tell us about what some of your strategies were last year to keep the truck together through all three events. Uh, but the strategy we had is pretty much just not break. Try to keep it from breaking, and uh, we did okay. We we kind of lucked out. We didn't last year. We didn't have billet rockers, and that was one of the that's one of the biggest issues with the high horsepower six O is breaking rocker arms. And we did we pulled through that event. It never broke. I I, I was surprised. Just surprised myself. There's, you know, when you're making that power to pull through an event like that, you're really lucky if you don't break. And we we it was luck. It was kind of luck. It really was. <clears throat> prepping yourself right for something like the UCC you're a f uh, in the past you've competed in the DPC as well correct yeah I believe it was 2015 so what was some of the differences in your prepping for the UCC versus the DPC uh, the way I kind of look diesel power challenge is more of street trucks you you got more street trucks going on out there Does the prep for UCC is a lot you go all out UCC we, there's not the competition at the UCC is so much higher than the uh, Diesel Power Challenge. It's not even on the same platform, really. Okay. The competition they bring out to the UCC. If you come there after winning Diesel Power, if you do win Diesel Power Challenge, you can you can get into it and you you can do okay. But you're not. The competition is unbelievably stronger <laughs> at the UCC event. Okay, and and because that competition is stronger, I'm sure you didn't spend as much time uh, practicing driving around with a trailer on and and backing up with it and True. things like that. Did you spend no, more time yeah. drag racing and sled pulling to get prepared, or did you just spend more time beefing up the truck to make more power? Most of most of UCC, uh, most of that we had the truck. We sort of had we had drag racing, so we knew about where we were at there. Sled pulling, we knew what we needed, and UCC. It's pretty much all out raw power. So when we get ready for UCC, it's just making the most power we can make. And also, you know, the truck, getting the truck dialed in to where we need it. So there's quite a bit, uh, you know, it's mostly just in the engine. That's where it's at. Oh, no. Is that your Facebook and, you know, messenger going off right now? That's a four-door dinger, dog. That's a 670s <laughs> in right now. <laughs> yeah, this, this thing doesn't have Yui. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. The uh, getting ready for the uh, UCC, we don't uh, the weight reduction is a big thing. This year we're, we're really going to focus on weight reduction. We've got to get our weight down. And uh, for this year coming up, this year where our goal is, we need we uh, I figure we need about two thousand horsepower a few only, and we're really close. But it's been it's been a little bit of a struggle, but we're we're doing pretty good this year compared to last year. What'd you make last year on the dyno? We were sixteen ten to the tires out there. Sixteen ten wow. to the tires. That was a lot of nitrous. This year, we we've been to the engine dyno twice now, and we we were about where we need to be. I need about 
you know, we're making 18, 1873 fuel only on an engine dyno, and that's up a lot from last year. That's up a lot. Uh, but we need to, we'd like to see 2000. I think, uh, I think we're going to get that. It's really, is looking pretty good. All right. Can you give us a little insight? Like, what's the turbocharger set up, your injector set up, anything along those lines? Yeah, we, uh, we were down, we were down to the engine dyno the first round, and we ended up, we were making too much heat. So the injectors, they're flowing 710, 720s, what they were at. And we have a bigger set, but that's what we made this uh, 1873 with, and it was 2,800-something pounds of torque. And the power came, was making peak power around 4,150, 4,200. Overall boost is 138, 138 PSI boost. And we did not have water injection, and it ended up, uh, it burnt, a valve broke. It burnt one of the stems in half. It got too hot, and it broke a valve and took out a piston. Now, is this a, like a compound turbo setup, or what are you running for turbos? Yeah. Yeah, we run a, uh, I run a Weimer's, uh, atmospheric charger is a Weimer's HX82. That's a 112 millimeter charger with the G trim, uh, G trim turbine, 11 blade G trim. And then the, that, at the first, first round, we were on a 475 for the high pressure charger. And that's, that's on the small side. And the reason for that is so we can spool up with a, with a uh, automatic transmission. Okay. But I figure that's kind of hurting us. Our dry pressure was way, way high. It was up at around 170, 180. Oh wow! So the dry pressure was too high, so we ended up we ended up uh, got a stainless diesel, and we got a we got a S four eighty. It's a uh, ninety six turbine S four eighty, five blade wheel. So that's the one there for the high pressure now, and uh, we went to a bigger injector. It's a bigger nozzle, but we also have just coming in this week. We have some bigger plungers coming in, and we have with a mechanical pressure regulator system, we can turn the pressure up and get the same nozzle pressure we have now. So I'm thinking with those few changes, we added water injection from Hazel Machine. We got that on there, three high pressure nozzles. And if we don't hit over 2,000, I'd kind of be surprised. Really? That's okay. Awesome. So you're pretty confident in that. Now, when you say 2,000, do you mean 2,000 on the engine dyno or 2,000 at the wheels on the chassis dyno? Yeah, that's 2,000 that's two on an engine dyno. And this is this is what our calculations are going into UCC. We I need at least... I figure we need at least 2,000 fuel only on an engine dyno, and then we're hoping we can at least spray the difference to make it up on a chassis dyno. So if we can make 2,000 fuel only on an engine dyno, there's a good chance we can spray it to 2,000 on a chassis dyno. It seems a couple of the guys we've interviewed, they've had that same type of, of thought process. If they can make X amount of power, fuel only, engine dyno, they'll compensate the difference with, with nitrous to, well, to do that. I guess most of us figure about a 20% driveline loss from engine dyno to the wheels, right? So that would bring you down to about 1,800 horse. Right. How much spray are you throwing that, at it? That's 10%. Oh, oh, I'm, six, I'm sorry, 16, I'm sorry. 1,600, yeah, you're right. Way to show your imperfections. Yeah, I'm a mathematician. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so that brings you down to 1,600. So how much spray? are you going to use to make up 400 horsepower clearly a 400 horse worth fucker <laughs> <laughs> we'll, probably, we'll probably do three stages something close to three stages probably okay awesome all right I, i'm not sure well i hope it holds together we got billet rockers in there everything else in the bottom end is fine the engine we made the power work so far everything was fine in the bottom end there's no issues we're not seeing any issues in the bottom end the head gaskets are fine everything seems okay so i think i think we'll be okay 2,000 horsepower, 6 liter, to the rear tire. I just love that, that like, probably the strongest 6 liter competitor out there, or at least one of the strongest 6 liter competitors out there, still says, I hope. Like, (laughs) uh, fuck it, I hope. (laughs) I hope it works. Uh, No, but that's everybody's situation, right? We're 
less than 40 days away from UCC yeah. right now. Uh, it's yeah. going on May 4th, 5th, and 6th in Brownsburg, Indiana at the Lucas Oil Raceway. Um, I hate but, you. <laughs> but but I guess I guess my point is that, like, very few people have their truck together yeah. yet. Very few people are going to have much of a chance to take it out and test it between all those final revisions and the UCC. What is your game plan? What does your timeline look like for having this thing together? And do you plan on testing it Friday, May 4th at the track? Or are you going to get out beforehand? Well, we're hoping, we're hoping we can test it out. Well, the local track would be Thompson, Thompson, Ohio here. We're, we'll head out there. and I'm hoping at least three to four weeks ahead of time, three weeks maybe, maybe a week before the event. We probably won't out there. We probably won't test it Friday night or the night before the event starts. We probably won't. I don't know. There's a big uh, going in the way we're going in this year. The going off with power is a big. That can be a big setback too. The more power, the more the challenges to hold everything together. Oh yeah. Well, that, so it might kind of. I was going to say that. That that really brings up a great point about being able to hold the power together and and making it through all three events. It, like you said last year, you guys really just kind of got lucky. It sounded like you pushed the truck pretty hard, and this year you're already planning on going faster and making more power. Um, what kind of things do you do for the rest of the truck outside of the engine to make sure that it's going to make it through all three events? Uh, we're going to bring a bigger rear end in this year for a sled pull. We're going to have a Dana 80 and the Dana 80 is not really that big of a rear end. Some guys use a bigger rock world, but I think if that's been a pulling rear end we pulled with, I think it'll hold up okay with the 37 spline axles. As far as drag racing, we're going full weight reduction. So we've got fiberglass bedsides and uh, what else we got going on there? Quite a bit of stuff. Full link in the rear end from Miles Flight. Probably five glass hoods and the five glass front bumper and maybe five glass doors. We got to drop some weight. The thing with uh, UCC is kind of bittersweet. You can't go in with a full blown race truck and do good overall. You can. I think Levon's done really well with that, but this is a four door. It's not really a race truck, so I wouldn't want to race this truck outside of UCC too much. So we're stuck with a heavy truck, kind of. Okay. Well, I mean, 10s last year, and you still, didn't you place, I think, fifth overall? Yeah, we did fifth overall last year. Okay, and that was with running a 10-second quarter, because I think a lot of guys had problems last year getting a good time down on the yeah, track. A lot of the true. guys we really looked, Anthony Reams yeah. and uh, um, Wagler and, and a, a bunch of, of other trucks that we thought were going to put down some really fast times, and just everybody seemed to have problems. I, if you would have asked me last year at this time, did, would I thought a 10-second pass would have been with a fifth-place competitor? Absolutely not. I would have said no. What are you shooting for this year? What's the goal in the quarter? We should – the goal is sub-950s. That's what we should have. I think we will have sub-950s, but I'd be happy. I'll be happy with anything under 950. Okay. Okay. And driving the truck off the track. <laughs> you got to yeah. put that in there. Why do you got to be picky about it, Chris? He said run 950s. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Ultimately, going in, we want to we go in and make our – we want to have that truck dialed in to where we can go in on the track and make one pass and make the pass we need and pretty much be done. But it usually doesn't go that way. I was going to say, you got 12 hours of racing, so literally our next line of questions is if you hit a 950 on the first first run. Are you done for the day? Do you park it? We may. It all depends what, what, what the truck looks like and how we feel about the way it's holding together. We will have a second engine sitting there ready to go on a stand, so I'm not sure. It all depends on how we feel about the event. 
Okay. And you, you, you're mentioning here a second engine. So you have a complete engine set up where you're pretty much going to pull injectors, turbo, top end components, throw them on it and throw it in? Or is it fully dressed, like just ready to install with turbos and injectors and everything? Probably be just turbos and injectors. It's going to have heads on it. It's going to be, it's going to be fully dressed. It's going to be a long block. No turbos, but it will be a long block. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Smart. And then now you're dropping weight for the for the drag races, which is day one. Weight doesn't really matter on the dyno at all, right? So I can't imagine you guys are going to go through a big swap Friday night. Are you going to go and put all of those, the, the stock doors and the hood and the fenders and the, the bed, all that back on it to drag race to get back up to 8,500 pounds? Or yeah, for sled pulling, uh, we'll, we'll probably, most of the weight can stay off the, the back end, like as far as the bedside. Keeping the fiberglass bedsides, we're all, we're okay in that. But we will have we have a weight box that'll be in the front. We will eighty five hundred is a lot of weight, so we may it all depends. We can if we can get eighty five hundred in the weight box, we'll be okay. Oh my god, weight in the weight box. Wow, yeah, that's a lot. I mean, that, that's a couple thousand pounds up front, right? So that'll be really interesting yeah, to see. That's, that's a lot of weight. Most most uh, sanctioned organizations would go eight thousand. What they usually pull, so that extra five hundred pounds is a lot of weight out there. It is. Yeah, it is. It is, absolutely. Well, I mean, that's also the difference between a fiberglass bed and a, and a stock bed, right? I mean, give or take. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, what about tires, man? Let's talk about putting the power on the ground. How do the tires change up between the three days? The first, we, kind of, we got hit hard with bad tires last year. We went in with two smaller tires. They were, I think they were M&H's. They were 30-inch tires. Something like a thirty-inch tire, and that's and it was cold, and everybody was having traction issues, and that's what we did also. But we're going to have a thirty-three-inch Mickey Thompson flex the whole way around, and we'll run now on the dyno. We're not sure what we're going to run on the dyno. It's just a good radial tire, something that's good that hooks up on the dyno, and then sled pulling. We will swap over to probably on what we have sitting here right now would be six uh, thirty-six fourteen fifty STSs trucks as tires. And those seem to be really popular in the dirt this year. Yeah, they do really well. We had those. We actually ran those for a year in the pull, on the, our pulling truck back home here. They're a big tire, and as long as we can keep our rear axles from snapping, we're okay. But they're and they put a lot of they're the, one of the bigger STS tires. Most sanctioned events don't allow a 36 inch tire, but big were legal out there. I'm gonna I'm gonna double check the rules, but I think the 36 inch tires are legal out there. I don't think there are any rules at UCC. I think that's the rule. You have to work on your truck on the lot. <laughs> That's about that, that's about it. I mean, there's yeah. some safety shit, right? Like you got to have fire extinguisher, all that, all that nonsense, all that jazz. Um, yeah. But like, really, as far as like, there are. This is the class. It's the baddest fucking truck you can bring, and the the most amount of power you can put on the ground uh, through all three events. Man, yeah, I, that's the best part about it all. I love it. I'm excited. Um, okay, so who has been a big part of helping you with this build? Wagglers, uh, you know Jeremy Wagglers. We get well. We buy rods from those guys, and we use uh, Colt cams. Colt cams. They help us out a lot. And uh, fire pumps, transmissions. Uh, they got a. We got a forty-eight uh, RE from them. It's going in. I mean, a lot of four guys don't like to hear that, but we had a lot of issues with input shafts twisting off in the five R. And even the four five R, the cell have the same input shafts. So we got uh, fire pump sponsored us. Trying to think who else would be on the list is, uh, you know, Justin from J&J Performance. He's helped us out a lot. And David Ferguson from Red Diamond Transmissions. They all, they're all, they all help us out a lot. 
there's a quite a big list off the top of my head. Can't think of anybody else. Real, uh, trying to think real quick. It would be uh, off the top of my head. That's about all I can think of right now. I'm sure there's more out there. <laughs> Not a problem because I know we're going to grab you at the UCC, Jesse, so that we can do another uh, podcast in person on the actual days of that's the event. Be fun. We're definitely looking forward to that. Chris and I will be out there with Radio Rich uh, doing podcasts live, doing some announcing live, and even hooking up with uh, KJ from Diesel Power Magazine for some special announcements. What the, what dates are those going to be, Paul? That'll be May 4th, 5th, and 6th <laughs> in Brownsburg, Indiana uh, Dude, for I the hate, ultimate call-out challenge. I hate your radio announcer voice. It's like, so it's, good. I, really I want practice that. it so much. I want to slap you. I'm, I'm going to change your ringtone to my radio announcer voice. I would fucking kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, I definitely appreciate you taking some time to talk to our listeners and put up with Chris and I. Um, one last question before we let you go today. Any other competitors you're keeping an eye out for? Who do you think is going to make a big splash this year? Uh, some of the top guys, Levon's going to be really good, and you got some of them Duramax guys coming in. Uh, here's a real quick, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. It's a regular cab. There's, there's a lot of quick trucks this year. And it's going to be we're we're going to be lucky to hang in anywhere where we did in the last two years. That's the way I'm looking at it right now. So, with that being said, I mean, what are your predictions? Where do you see yourself? What's a goal for you and your six liter Ford? I would love to see a better than a fifth spot, but I don't I don't see that happening with the competition level that's coming in. I'd be I'd be really happy to hold fifth, but we could move up a little bit. I think we could possibly. It's it's all all in how the cards fall. Oh, but their competition is really looking stout. The two trucks from Industrial Injection, they're really strong. I think Sean Bach is going to have a better game this year. So there's there's so many things that can go wrong. and so many things. It, is, it all depends on how them cars fall. No, I mean, keeping the truck together, that's a personal win. Um, having a six-liter last year place, fifth place, and again, nothing against six-liter Fords, but they have the reputation in the industry, and you placed fifth. With all extreme bias of hating six liter Fords, like, I am severely impressed. Like I'm just telling you, yeah. I couldn't build my own truck and drive it and have it be a Cummins <laughs> or Duramax and, and beat you in fifth. So, you know, you have you have a lot of uh, experience in the driving and a high horsepower truck, nonetheless. So, yeah. you know, you're probably the first one that you know you're very modest. Would you say, Paul? Like, oh yeah. You know, whatever happens, happens. Keep the truck together, but you know, we're going to be there rooting for you, man. We wish you the best. Hey, thanks a lot. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Not a problem. Listeners, this has been Paul Wilson. And Chris Hemke. Thanks for listening. Back five years ago, you know, people, guys would ask me, when are we going to see a 1,000 horsepower out of a 6-liter? I was like, don't hold your breath. It's probably not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> or last more than a 1,000 miles, right? Shit. <laughs> yeah.